On today's episode of Investing in the American Dream podcast, we have featured guest Bob Kraft, former IIUSA president, speaking on his tenure with IIUSA and his current ventures with the political action committee called the PAC. Let's get into it. So, Bob, thank you for being here today with Peter and I. We really appreciate you taking the time to do this podcast with us. So I know we have a variety of topics we wanted to touch on today, um, but I think I'm going to lead with your tenure at um, IIUSA. Um, So I know it's no secret that you have had a tremendous and productive tenure during your time as IIUSA president, but can you tell us how you feel about your leadership um, and how that influenced the direction of IIUSA? Um, as an organization, and what would you say were some of the key initiatives and accomplishments during that time? Yeah, that's a lot to (laughs) to address. I, uh, you know, probably, you know, in terms of my impact on the industry, I I, I really need to give a lot of credit to the board of directors. Uh, I inherited a really strong board, and then over the six years that I was president, uh, some new members came on, but we had stability and we had a really, really quality, committed group to the industry. Uh, my job as president was to pretty much try and orchestrate, uh, coordinate, uh, build consensus within the board. Uh, and uh, that means listening a lot. Uh, we had some really good, strong voices uh, on the board. And uh, you know, as a result of a lot of, we spent a lot of time in, in dialogue making sure that decisions that were made by the board of directors would positively impact the industry long term. So I was blessed to really have a quality group of board members. Yeah. In terms of maybe some of the things we did that were significant, I, I, I take great pride in the changes uh, that were made by the board of directors, uh, beginning with the executive director. Aaron Grau was new uh, a year into my tenure there. And we also made a change with our lobbying group out of Washington, D.C. We had been doing the same thing for years, spending a lot of money uh, on our efforts with a particular firm, and we just weren't seeing the benefits of the money spent. So we made a change there, brought in a new PR group who really did a terrific job through all this. So those were probably... The two most significant things, along with maybe the third thing, was um, stabilizing the staff at IIUSA. And I must say that the again the board of directors, the officer group was uh, pretty much intact the whole six years and outstanding individuals. So you know it was it was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we had a lot of tough challenges with the legislation, the up and down, up and down, back and right. forth expiration of the program, uh, but we kind of just hung in there and looked at the long-term potential mm-hmm. of the industry and the good that the industry does really for the world. Yeah. So, Bob, since retiring from your role as IIUSA president, I know that you've mentioned you've had some other initiatives that you're a part of, such as and including to your role as president emeritus of IIUSA. Could you please explain what this role entails and how it continues to connect you with the organization 
as well as how has your transition to President Emeritus allowed you to contribute to IAUSA and the EB-5 industry in a different capacity? Yeah, I think one of the things the association did when it established its bylaws back at its foundation a little over 16 years ago was establish a provision that if you served as president of the association, you would then be given emeritus status, which meant that you just stay active with the board. Uh, I do not have a vote on the board, but I participate in all the board meetings uh, and I'm there for the current president uh, to seek counsel or if he wants to bounce ideas uh, off me, which which I did my predecessor, uh, David Anderson, and Stephen Lale, Lale, uh, Yale Lohr uh, were the prior presidents before me. And yeah. I would talk to them on occasion, get their insight because they had sat in the chair. So it's a little different role uh, unless you serve in it, trying to coordinate all the different factions within the industry, um, you know, it takes a lot of uh, dialogue, thought, mm-hmm. uh, good conversation, and, and, and most importantly, experience uh, that others have had before you. So I hope to be able to provide that uh, to our new president and, and also to the board of directors. And it keeps me active in the association, which I am going to be very active going forward. Well, good. So, Bob, you know, kind of talking about committees, um, I heard a rumor that you're also part of something like a secret society. Um, the IAUSA has a, a political action committee called PAC. Um, I know we can only talk high level on this, um, but could you elaborate on what the PAC does and its significance for the EB-5 industry? You know, I kind of like that secret society <laughs> thing. I had... I hadn't thought of it in those terms, and and uh, but but that's kind of interesting. Maybe that'll make it even more interesting uh-huh. for people to join because they want to be, you know, special handshake the whole thing. But uh, in all uh, seriousness, the, the the political action committee was formed uh, by the board, authorized by the board of directors, and then established in order to consolidate funds from people who are interested in the industry, mm-hmm. and then be be able to earmark those funds or gift them in support of candidates that are in concert with our vision for the industry. Um, and it gives IIUSA much more clout uh, or leverage within Washington. In the past, uh, prior to the PAC, uh, all of us would make contributions individually. So I would make a contribution to a congressman or a senator. Mm-hmm. It was from Bob Kraft. And then we, you know, say, on oh, and, and I'm active and president of IIUSA, but it didn't within the offices of those uh, candidates or those representatives. Mm-hmm. It didn't have the same impact as, you know, you've got the IIUSA PAC contributing, right. and we can contribute more money. So the PAC uh, is fairly common. Um, all industries have them, and it's just part of the uh, system of fundraising. You know, it's a legal nonprofit entity. It allows individuals who would like to support IIUSA's vision and initiatives with the government to contribute financially. Uh, we can't aggressively or openly solicit contributions, but we can uh, ask people to sign a willing to be solicited and, and, and talk to document, very mm-hmm. simple form. 
that gives us the ability to explain exactly what the political action committee is going to do with funds that are donated. We had a uh, a goal uh, to to raise a certain amount of money by the spring, actually by the end of the year, and we surpassed it in the spring, and we've doubled that goal. So it's off to a good start. I feel really good about it. Mm-hmm. it. It makes us more of a player in D.C., which is important because right. it's all yeah. about visibility. Uh, having the politicians know IIUSA, spreading the word, because even though... Within our industry, IIUSA is the preeminent voice and well-respected and the educational provider and the the, the lobbying group uh, within the halls of Congress. Yeah. You know, we're not a big organization. We're not like the American Chamber of Commerce mm-hmm. or, you know, some of the other industry trade groups. So it, it, it's important to elevate our visibility in Washington, D.C., and that's what this really allows us to do. So I agreed to serve as chairman of mm-hmm. the PAC, and, and I'm uh, in that role. We have a board of directors for the PAC, and we have a third-party administrator out of Florida. That That's all they really do is manage funds for PACs mm-hmm. to make sure you're legally compliant, uh, you know, everything's uh, uh, tight. The, the financial reporting goes back to the board of directors of IIUSA to make sure the money is spent properly. And we have actual board uh, authorization with the PAC board. Yeah. If we're going to make a contribution to a candidate, it's discussed openly and then voted on. So there's a real good uh, governance uh-huh. set up within the PAC to protect the investor's money. And, of course, to be aligned with IIUSA's right. objectives to, you know, move the legislation into a permanent state uh, when it expires in 2026. Uh, and there, there are a number of other things, initiatives that the association would like to see happen. Mm-hmm. So, Bob, with that in mind, can you share any successful instances where the PAC's advocacy efforts made a positive impact on the EB-5 program? And do you see the EB-5 program evolving in the future with the PAC contributing to its evolution? Well, I, I, you know, the PAC was just established in January of this year. So, you know, it's just getting started. Right. Uh, I will say, though, that uh, we, we've made a number of contributions already to various offices, congressmen and senators, uh, and had meetings with those officers as a result of it, with those offices, um, we also had a meeting, which we've never had before, with the White House. Oh, wow. Uh, just within the last month. Um, and, and I am pretty sure it had a lot to do with the fact that we have f- formed this PAC and that you know we're gaining more visibility within Washington. And, of course, immigration is a really hot issue. And in my mind, investment immigration is, it should not be controversial. I mean, right. the people that come to the United States from overseas, they invest a significant amount of money. They create 10 American jobs. Uh, they're vetted like no other category. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's a really good thing for communities around the country. And I think through IIUSA's efforts uh, since its inception, and especially the last eight years, there's more of a recognition of the impact economic impact, social impact that EB-5 has had on the country. Uh, We've done a really good job outreach with the National Governors Association, uh, the Mayor's Association nationally. We've we've been very aggressive 
just reaching out to other constituencies that we hadn't before. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the new lobbying uh, effort with the group uh, out of Washington that we hired. It's done a really, really good job on that. And we, we just started thinking differently about it six, six years or so ago as to how to have more of an impact, ha- have more lines in the water, if you will, mm-hmm. and raise our visibility. And the PAC's part of that strategy just to, you know, keep aggressively pushing forward the message, American jobs, economic development. Uh, people are, are very successful. They, they invest in other things when they come here, education. Mm-hmm. They buy homes, cars, et cetera, et cetera. Plus, they're very, very well vetted, better than any other category. So why not expand the program, make more visas available, uh, get behind it, uh, and perhaps take some of the integrity measures that we introduced in the new legislation in the IRIA uh, a year and a half ago into other immigration categories. Because mm-hmm. it really, it's a, it's a, it's a really well-written uh, law. Uh, it's something that forced all of us to get maybe a little better uh, in some cases. Now, we felt at First Pathway Partners, we were already doing all those things. So, But it, it, it's something that everybody should be doing, and it's going to eliminate a lot of heartburn for investors uh, the bad press that we've had because of some people that were either bad actors or they really didn't know how complex the program was. I think there was some of that where yeah. people got into it because they thought it was an easy way to run raise money. Uh, money wasn't available for other sources, and, and Jesus, CB5 program looks interesting. They jump in, but they really didn't know what they were jumping into. And then as a result, major problems. So this has made it much more difficult to get into the business, okay. which is really a good thing. And we've seen a number of regional centers exit okay. uh, the industry. Um, I would call them marginal, very marginal, and you know, if not non-existent players. But they kind of muddied the water right. a little bit. Didn't it dr- reduce the number drastically? Drastically, mm-hmm. and that's a, that's actually a good thing. So you know, the people that thought it was easy and they just get into it and, and uh, kind of throw their line in the water uh, rec- and they didn't know what they were doing recognized that you know maybe this is more complicated and, yeah. and it is and it is and it's critically important that the investors be protected and that the people operating the industry are fully in compliant with US law mm-hmm. and it kind of understand the damage that's done if you really don't know what you're doing i mean it's not for it's not amateur hour Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that goes back to not only the integrity of the program but um i guess kind of going back to like fpp and the track record um you know i wanted to kind of shift focus to fpp's involvement with the industry and obviously fpp has a hundred percent success rate in securing permanent green cards for investors um you know i'd love your thoughts like what does this take uh, what does it take to get a successful track record like this, helping investors immigrate to the United States? And I know Manuel, um, who just spoke on this uh, last week, he talked about investing and doing project due diligence. So how do you feel that all ties in? Well, from from the very beginning, I, I think a big advantage we might have had was the background of the management group. Uh, in, in my case, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not an attorney. Um, I wasn't a developer. You know, I was from corporate business world. Mm-hmm. I worked for publicly traded corporations. 
at senior level. I've been on the board of international companies. Um, and so fairly solid experience. And, and like all business people, if you have any kind of longevity in business, you see the good, the bad, and the ugly. And everybody makes mistakes. You learn from those mistakes. But that experience really benefits you going forward. So when I started looking at the business, I thought there was an opportunity there if quality uh, corporate governance standards were brought to the industry. Uh, we made sure that we were partnered with really good developers and attorneys and construction companies, et cetera, et cetera. So I spent probably two and a half years doing nothing but researching the industry, looking at it. You know, and then we made sure that we had the best attorneys in the country that were knowledgeable about EB-5. So the attorneys we chose uh, were two attorneys that were actually uh, involved in the original uh, law, that, which was written in 1990, and had been with the program since that time. So they knew it inside and out, and they were recognized as world-renowned experts in EB-5. And uh, they did a very good job of guiding us you know, with all the offering documents and making sure we understood the program, its complexities, uh, and put together solid uh, legal documents to protect the investor. Uh, then the due diligence part of it was critical for the projects themselves. So we looked at projects that had failed. We looked at projects that uh, were conservative, uh, that weren't over leveraged, that were obviously qualified from a TEA standpoint and met all the government standards but we went through a lot of different projects you know to to, to find the right ones and uh, and we had uh, we had good success we've had good success so I feel real proud about that but I mean it's like like anything uh, fundamentals uh, making sure you're checking all the boxes blocking and tackling just doing the basic things the hard work and it takes time you have to be patient and there are a lot of projects that look really interesting but then as you kind of dug into them you you peel back the the layers a little bit and find out that maybe the people behind the project had had other issues in the past and so part of it is finding people that have performed over mm -hmm. the over years yeah and you know track record says everything so in our case we were really uh, focused on making sure the investor got what they wanted and that, um, you know, we established a track record, right. which we've done. So there's an old saying, go slow to go fast. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, you, and it means just do it right, be patient, and then over time, uh, your success will accelerate. But if you don't take your time and get right in the very beginning, you're going to crash and burn. Right. So. Uh, I've always believed in that, and uh, we've never overcommitted on projects, taken on too big a project, um, and, you know, it's worked out for us. So now that we've talked a little bit about what brings a successful project together, I think it's time to shift focus to our most recent investment opportunity, Talus, which is located on the best remaining parcel of land in the Coachella Valley. It includes the Silver Rock Golf Resort, Montage and Pendry amenities, and it is also currently under construction. Could you explain how Talus features some incredible EB-5 benefits for foreign investors currently comparing 
different EB-5 projects. Yeah, it's a it's a really really awesome project. Uh, I mean, it touches all the bases. It's in a single census tract. Mm-hmm. It's TEA, mm-hmm. um, so they're set aside for that. The developer Robert Green is very successful. Uh, it's in California, which is a, a state that's highly desirable mm-hmm. and highly known uh, with foreign investors. Uh, it is a project that fits beautifully in the Coachella Valley in that Palm Springs, La Quinta area. Uh, There hasn't been new hotel construction uh, for decades there. And that is a huge tourist destination. And I've been going out there over the years and always enjoyed it. But I was always surprised that there weren't newer, higher quality hotel accommodations there. So, and the Robert Green Company saw that. They grabbed the land... uh, purchased the land a long time ago and this thing's been in the works for a long time and uh, it is just a spectacular venue it's in a great location and the job creation on it is it's already completed the job yeah it's for already all of the investors you know so that's good for the investor so the investors are going to have their job creation and they're already done they're mm-hmm. in the bank if yeah you will. And um, you have two high-quality hotels that have never been together before the uh, montage in the Pendry, as as you mentioned, Peter. I mean, it's just just unbelievable. And then the condominiums that are available there, and they're selling those out already. So we're very excited about it. And uh, to me, it's, it's the best project that's on the market right now. Yeah. And I would encourage all those who would like to see some of the uh, project site flyovers to go check out our YouTube or our social media pages at First Pathway, um, and you can see more of the ongoing construction there. Um, so, Bob, you know, as always, Peter and I really appreciate having you here on the show um, with us, and we appreciate you sharing the new ventures you're working on, and um, thanks for letting the cat out of the bag on the pack. <laughs> Do you have... Secrets aside, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners or anything additional you'd like to share? Yeah, I'd just like to thank everybody that uh, has supported us in the mm-hmm. past. And uh, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun for me. The, um, I always enjoyed international business. That was one of the things I was able to do in my corporate life prior to getting into EB-5, going on 17 years now. But... Um, so we have the international aspect of it, obviously, because people are f- coming from overseas and, and learning about the different cultures and different countries and the, the issues that uh, they may be dealing with and their dreams and, and what they see as an opportunity in America uh, and bringing that all together uh, and helping them reach their, their, their dreams, mm-hmm. uh, reach their goals yeah. is just the most satisfying thing I've done in my long business career so and then the quality of the economic development uh, we've had in many many different cities and around the country Uh, plus all the people in the industry they're very bright Mm -hmm. Um, they're very interesting they're very um, 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 they're just fascinating people because they they share the same love for the overseas uh, investors and uh uh, and they're very, very smart. Uh, and so it's been a privilege to, to to find this industry as kind of the last hurrah in my career. <laughs> I'm at the end of the FPP, and I've got years to go yet. But 
it's been the best part of my business life. So, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk about uh, what's going on and my change in yeah. leadership and the secret society yes. back. And, uh, <laughs> that's fun. Well, thanks again, Bob. I appreciate you joining us today. And again, if anyone has any additional questions, they can reach out to us directly at www.firstpathway.com. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. If you would like to learn more about immigration through investment and how First Pathway Partners can assist you in achieving the American dream by successfully navigating the EB-5 visa process, then please contact them directly online at www.firstpathway.com.